0: Welcome to Dice Heist, where we roll the dice and see what we can get away with. My name is Raceland, and today we're going to be doing a little bit of a different type of episode, uh, as this one's kind of a bonus one. We are calling it Lore of the Land, Part 1. And every time we finish an arc from here on out, I'm going to be releasing a new Lore of the Land, which will give you a nice insight into some more backstory in the world, into the characters. And sometimes it'll just be some bookkeeping between arcs. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. I think we're going to start by talking about the fact that between episode 10 and 11, there is a two-month time skip uh, where the three guys had some time to kind of readjust to the new world that they live in of Gelphia. And some of the most important things that they noticed I'm going to note here today. First off is how magic is very different in the city of Agelphia. And to understand that, we need to understand how magic was perceived and used in Vago. In Vago, magic was commonly used by those that found their power from studying. Those granted their abilities by the gods or those that manipulated its flow with music and art. Occasionally, there would be word of those that drew upon the natural world for their abilities, but those born with magical talent were extremely rare. In Egelvia, this rare form of magic is innate to a much larger portion of the dragonborn in the city. Few bother studying the secrets of magic, when it comes naturally to so many. And with the gods all but welcome in Agelphia, those wielding their magic are few and far between. With the industrial expansion of the city came the decline and near eradication of most of the natural world, leaving nearly none to wield magic of this form either. However, the magitech of the city is created and wielded by many gnomes who use technology to create effects that previously were thought to be only possible through magic. Others have adapted this gnomish style of magic with increasingly great effect, and this new form of spellcasting has become almost a norm in the city, just like the sorceress abilities of the Dragonborn. The second important thing that the adventurers came to learn was that the city is ruled by the businesses of the city. And this rule is dictated by a high council of 13 members. Eight are representatives elected from the business owners of each of the eight districts of Gelfia. They fight to protect the interests of their districts as a whole. The other five are the CEOs of the five largest companies in Agelphia. The first of these being Alchemco, the company that has pushed the boundaries of what is possible with potions by finding a way to create a new form that is condensed down to the size of a pea and are called capsules. The second, Airtech, leads the city in new airships, zeppelins, and other flying machines' technology, finding new ways to increase speed, cargo capacity, and fuel efficiency every day. The third, Mobile Incorporated, has created the world's first motorized carts, known as quad motors, and a two-wheeled version that is ridden similar to a horse called a bimotor. They also have created the city's railways that run along raise tracks above the city. The fourth, Defense Industries, has taken it upon themselves to take all the technology from other companies in the city and find a way to market it as a weapon and sell it to foreign nations, while also bolstering the Egalfian military as well. The final and fifth of these companies is Automation Enterprises. The leading company in manufacturing technology, creating the machines that the other four big guys use to manufacture their products. In addition, they have also led the council in a campaign to free all sentient automatons in the city. And this is no surprise, since the CEO is an automaton themselves. Our adventurers find themselves trying to fit into this new society. And the first most important thing they do is attempt to find employment. After discovering that the group was not up to snuff with the now-deceased Sir Frederick Wellesley and Company, Adam, Dirk, and Bertram found the closest thing they could and became employed with the Eastern Gate Police Department, or EGPD, as full-time investigators. Most of their jobs involved investigating petty theft and once a robbery that led to a vehicle chase towards Central Agelfia. However, the downtown PD ended up with credit after stopping the perp in their jurisdiction. After finding this job, the next thing, naturally, was finding a place to live. The group found themselves a small three-bedroom apartment on the sixth floor in the third building, of South Tinker Street Apartments along with a used quad motor that has a tendency to not start at the worst of times. In addition, they each received a special vest from the police department that has armored plating inside and can comfortably be worn underneath clothing. This is a form of light armor that gives them an AC of 13 plus decks, one better than studded leather. They each used their small remaining funds to purchase a few handy items. Adam got his hands on a magical rapier and a grappling hook. Bertram purchased a magical rapier as well and goggles of night vision. While Dirk decided on mechanical shoes that gave him the ability to walk on walls and a composite shortbow, which has the same abilities as a normal longbow with the ease of draw of a shortbow. Their other gear, as investigators, allows them to more easily collect and partially test evidence in the field. As a member of the police department, they also have an allowance of capsules for their team. These, in effect, are potions that can be taken as a free action. Since the group got off the silver sale, it has been two months, and in that time, they've each begun to become more acclimated to the trades of the city. During this time, each of them has picked up a few new skills. Adam gained skill in alchemist tools, and knowledge on alchemco. Bertram learned the basic understanding of the automaton language, called auto, and proficiency with firearms. Dirk focused on learning the streets, gaining a better handling on street navigation and took the time to learn more, and took some time to learn more about the vehicles that are now used for ground transportation. As a last note for bookkeeping here, I'd like to talk about a change that I decided to make to the rules of the game. This is something that I'd really like to do to give our players a better chance to interact with my world, and to influence the story in much more meaningful ways than previously allowed. As this is an investigation-based story, I decided to add something to replace DM Inspiration, which before was the ability for me to give each player one point of inspiration at a time. They could then use this one point of inspiration at any time when rolling a d20 to give themselves advantage. Instead, I chose to change it in the form of three new resources, each linked to the three mental abilities, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. These new resources are memory, intuition, and contact. Each character has a pool of points for each, and each pool can only have three points at one time. At various times throughout the adventure, I will give the players a point in one of these categories, or I may simply give them inspiration, in which case, They get to add it to whichever one they wish. These resources can be used in one of two ways. The first is to automatically remember something, intuit something, or have a contact that could be useful in a situation. The second is to gain advantage on a roll related in some way to the resources expended. Each of the players were given the opportunity to roll to determine how many they have starting of these different resources. So each of them has a small amount to be able to use in an upcoming arc. Finally, I think we're done here with bookkeeping. The guys and I recorded a small bit of story that I'd like to kind of insert in here. Call it a teaser for arc 2, which... We'll start in episode 11, which will be released this Sunday. This teaser reminds them that they each have a past. Some in small ways, others in much larger. I hope you enjoy... Isn't this some good quality music? This is Nature Claimed Ruins, Hallowed Grounds by Mark Colette from BattleBards.com. That's where we get all our background music and sound effects for the show. What is BattleBards? BattleBards is the most premium audio library ever created for the tabletop gaming experience, along with tools built specifically to use the audio seamlessly in-game. Tailor-made background music inspired by fantasy races and locations voiceover scripts written to bring life to everyday NPC interactions, and a colossal array of bone-crushing, spell-blasting sound effects. This is BattleBards. If you're looking to get the best value out of BattleBards.com, I would recommend giving BattleBards Prime subscription a try. With this monthly subscription, you can enjoy streaming access to all BattleBards content. Access to all BattleBards tools, including their soundboard and mixer, the ability to upload and mix your own private audio library, and 20% off all purchases of sounds you wish to permanently add to your collection. I think this is enough for me. Go check it out for yourself and see what they have to offer. Now, let's get back to Dice Heist. We're gonna move on to you guys kind of talking about the level ups because last time you guys were level three and I gave you two additional levels so you guys are now level five when we hop back into the story here so uh can we start with uh Dirk again uh what is that what does that look like
1: for your character all right let me see um gotta remember what exactly he gets um Uh, So I picked up uh, level four. I picked up the uh, magic initiate feat. Um, So that gave me uh, the cantrips message and shocking grasp. And the first level spell that I can uh, get a free cast once per day uh, is Featherfall. So he he also has this spell learned and he can, uh, according to the DM, I can uh, use other first level slots to cast that. Um, and then uh, fifth level, I got uncanny dodge as as a rogue, and so I'm gonna be able to tank a lot more hits because I can use a reaction to take half damage from an attack when it hits me. Nice, nice. I think, I think that's all the important stuff for features and traits. Um, uh, yeah, I think I think that's it.
2: Okay, cool.
0: All right, then uh, let's go over to Adam.
2: Man, I think. So I think my level ups are just huge, huge for Adam. And here's why. So, so I, he is Rogue Wizard. I put my next two levels into Rogue. So he's a third level Rogue now, second level Wizard.
3: Mm-hmm. And it's
2: huge for him because I ended up taking the Inquisitive subclass for Rogue. So he gets uh, okay. Ear for Deceit, which means. Okay. Anytime he makes a wisdom insight check to determine whether a creature is lying, he gets to treat the roll of a seven or lower on the d20 as an eight. Nice. Uh, okay. Which is, I I think that's uh, that'd be good for no, that's for huge encounters. Yeah, it's absolutely huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two more third level abilities that he gets. Uh, eye for detail. I can use my bonus action to make like a wisdom perception check, spot a hidden creature or object, or I can use that bonus action to make an intelligence investigation check to uncover or decipher clues. I know you and I, we've talked about how we're going to change that a little bit so that it's not just yeah you know, purely based off the rule. Uh, yeah. Now the, the next ability I get insightful fighting, uh, I gain the ability yeah. to decipher an opponent's tactics and like try to counter them. So I can use my bonus exactly. action to make a, a wisdom insight check against a creature that I can see that isn't incapacitated uh, that would be contested by the target's charisma, deception check. If I succeed, I can actually use my sneak attack against that target even if I don't meet the normal prerequisites such as like having advantage on that attack roll. And that lasts for like an entire minute or until I use that ability on a different target. And I can just use it fucking all the time basically. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's awesome. Yeah, you just got to make that one skill check and you're you're dead set on mm-hmm. it. So That's sweet. Okay, cool. Um, was that all that? Uh, so you decided to go with more towards the rogue for now. Yeah. Uh, do you plan on dipping back into wizard ever, or are you oh, just yeah. taking these two levels and that's it?
2: No. So basically, the highest I ever intend on taking the rogue is fifth level, just so I can get the uh, uncanny dodge. After that, I'm. I'm. Everything is going into wizard. I gotta get. Nice. I gotta get better spell slots. Uh, more spells. Yeah. They have a huge selection. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's still nice, though, that now you still have the improved uh, cantrips, even though you're only a second-level wizard. Yes. But because your overall level is five, right? those improved cantrips are still a thing for I you. I know. So it's, it's such a... That'll be...
2: It's a good yeah. deal. It's,
0: it's it's also, like, another benefit of... Uh, of uh, Jesus. Wow. Multiclassing? No, 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 of Dirk's. Because even though he's only a third caster, he still gets oh, uh, yeah, the, the cantrip bonuses. Yeah, yeah, even yeah. Even though he's that. Yeah, so... Yep. Um... But yeah, so, um, yeah, that's awesome. Let's go ahead and talk to uh, Bertram and see what he gets as his bonuses from fourth and fifth level.
3: Well, uh, fourth level, he honed his charisma skills. So we're maxed out in charisma. Um, Fifth level allows me to refresh my uh, bardic inspirations on a short or long rest. Sweet uh which is a little lackluster but i think it'll be handy it'll let me use my um psychic blades feature more often yeah yeah that'd be nice to see uh, you use that i think you only used it
0: once in last arc Uh, at all
3: yeah because i only stabbed something once or not not just once but pretty much i think yes i think that that might actually be
0: correct so um but yeah that's that's pretty cool uh and you also bumped up to a d8 for your inspiration correct
3: correct so that isn't very nice yeah um, and that psychic blades ability while it's called psychic blades the description just says when you make a weapon attack so I'm hoping it's more of like a psychic pistol
0: ability, mm, ability. we'll see we'll see <laughs>
3: Uh.
0: but anyhow now <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we can probably make that work I'm down for that
3: yeah yeah I, I think I mean it's limited I mean resource. as long as it's not like a uh, range smite I'm fine with that so yeah. No, it's not. And it's, it's not nearly as bad as sneak attack from no, the other town. No. no, it's not. That's why I don't mind at all. Uh, so. I would, I, um, And I got a couple of spells. I have third level spells now, which is nice. nice. And um, of those, keeping in the uh, kind of uh, social encounter force majeure of Bertram, I took Fast Friends. Okay. Third nice. level. Um, and enemies abound. Okay. Which be a lot of fun income. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited to see
0: how you use your spells in both social interactions and in uh in combat cuz you got your your 5th level now, so you have like slots to spend now. You know. Some, yeah. I mean, it's not like I mean, I you have almost twice as many slots as you did back in you know, 3rd level, True. so From our yeah, last session so, for sure. For sure. I think we'll see more flying. For sure. All right. Uh, so that's it for your level-ups. Um, the last question I kind of want to ask you guys is how did the physical look of your characters change and also did any sort of, like, mindset change now that you guys have kind of entered this role of uh, investigators for the city? Um, Dirk?
1: <clears throat> um. Well, Dirk, after getting... After eventually getting his new digs with this um, special uh, armor that he got, um, because it is hidden armor, he now basically just looks like he's not really wearing armor, but he's like wearing just like standard uh, dark clothing that, um, or maybe a little bit gothic in nature. Uh, but he also has his, uh, his cloak that is also just dark and brooding, but, um so yeah, he, he looks somewhat casual and he could, you know, blend in with a crowd, um, without, you know, wearing obvious armor. Um, he also, uh, underwent a little bit of a mishap when interacting with, um, some of his herbalism stuff. And so his, his voice may sound a little bit different, uh, from last time. Uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes. (coughs) Um, as far as his mindset, uh, he's very much more so a team player now than he used to be. Uh, because he, after seeing, uh, Bertram and Adam leaping off of the airship to go fight some pirates, he realized, like, all right, these guys have some balls. I don't need to baby them anymore, and we can all be <laughs> badasses together. Uh, so now he has a more strategic mindset with them and um, just is kind of leaning away from his natural lone wolf type uh, personality, and now more into a team player. Nice, nice.
0: So, so did Dirk think that they were both wusses after that first combat?
1: Uh, yeah the the first the first combat, he thought they were both little sissies running okay, away from okay. everything, and yep. then they completely blew his mind when they j- both just jumped off the airship down towards pirates.
0: <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah. That's how that be doing. <laughs> um yeah, okay, cool. So that's that's super exciting. I'm I'm kind of excited to see how all of you change as this goes on, but uh yeah, so Adam, how did your character or how how did Adam change from this this new world almost?
2: I, I would say I would say Adam is pretty excited to be to be living here in in Algelfia because he'd read all of the books in the library back at uh, what is it called? Vego. thank you. I don't know why I always forget that. He read all the books back at Vago at that library. So now he's just excited to delve into more knowledge. Seeing all of the like newer technology that's being put to use in this city is just mm-hmm. giving him such a boner, man. I mean, he like he wants to study everything. The last two months. He's just been delving into alchemy, trying to learn how to make these capsules, how they work. As far as his actual personality, other than maybe being a little happier because he's not living with his parents anymore, and he's kind of out on his own, able to do what he wants, what he really wants, he probably definitely seems like a happier person than than what Dirk and Bertram are, are probably used to. Other than that, not a whole lot of differences. I mean, he's got he's got his armor underneath his peacoat. It's hidden, just like Dirk's is.
3: Yeah.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, I I think yeah, that sounds like it's gonna be great for Adam. Uh, all right, so Bertram, what do we got for you? Uh, Bertram.
3: Uh, his his highs have been higher, and his lows have been a little has been lower and before the events of kind of like the last arc he'd never actually killed anyone he'd always faked or mimed it as part of his kind of um street fighting LARPing group Mm -hmm. I guess um but uh the fight with Petrid and uh encountering an assassin on the silver sail and impersonating uh an assassin killer basically uh have, have i've kind of left him with sometimes he he's he's beginning to now that the shine of a of a Gelphia is wearing off um because it's been here two months and all the, all the newness has kind of suppressed and captured his attention away from uh, his past events He's, some of those things are kind of catching back up to him um, and on the flip side of that coin is all the new wonderment and just craziness that he finds himself in this super magical technological uh, city of cities um, and uh, so, personality wise, he's very much the same Bertram. Um, but there's some of the just maybe less smiles uh, and more looks over his shoulder. Um, in addition to that, I would say his overall appearance has uh, changed somewhat. Like the others, his armor can be worn hidden, and he does so. uh, Especially trying to fit in with the current fashion of the city and diving into that as much as he can. I imagine he has kind of black polished boots and, like, navy trousers uh, and maybe a uh, kind of white buttoned collared shirt with uh, with a vest over it and a kind of longish coat maybe three quarter length coat um that he might wear um but uh yeah I mean other than that he's he's now he has still way more money than he had escaping uh this, these mysterious uh, debtors of his but uh he's from that boon that he's gotten from each paycheck, they've gone. So that's kind of where we find him. Uh, the awesome, same, just trying to keep the things that are familiar to him, um, and and pubs and and bars and sharing secrets and trading stories, uh, but but there's a, l- a little bit of more of a an edge sharpness to it.
0: Nice. Nice. So yeah, this is where we, you guys are. Uh, this is who you are now. And, uh, yeah, I think the last thing I want to do is kind of pull a little bit of interaction from each of you. So, uh, first off, Dirk, uh, you mentioned that you wanted to take some time, uh, or actually it altered your voice doing these, um,
1: magical creations of yours. Um, yeah, not so much, not so much magical, as more like herb, herbal. Um, oh, that's right. Like yep, with herbalism kit. Yep. Um, uh, but yeah. Uh, so two things that I proposed, um, being able to kind of create as, uh, to kind of differ from the whole uh, capsules that uh, is prominent in the city is kind of making these um, little uh, kind of like miniature potions these little like shot glasses pretty much uh, uh, I call them boosters um, where the first one is uh, an immune system booster uh, so basically for an hour uh, after consuming it um, it'll give you advantage on the next saving throw against poison or disease or if you've already failed a saving throw against a poison or disease you can drink it as a bonus action and roll a, and then roll a new saving throw to resist it. Um, and then the other uh, tonic that I made, uh, booster or booster, whatever, uh, is um, alertness. And again, for about an hour, when consumed, this tonic gives you advantage on perception checks and initiative rolls for the duration, and you get a plus two to your passive perception for the duration. So those are two kind of cool little experiments that he's been working with and uh i assume you'll have me roll to see how many of those he was able yeah. to create
0: yeah so um what stat is associated with the herbalism skill would you say i i kind of am leaning towards intelligence personally but if you have another thought we can possibly go off of that
1: yeah i i think it's I think it would be more intelligence than wisdom. Okay, Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, so why don't you give me a uh, roll for that? You can include your intelligence and uh, your proficiency bonus as well. Okay, cool. Uh, And the DC for this... um,
1: Yeah, you know what? Just go ahead and roll and I'll let you know what you get. Okay, so I rolled a 12... And and my intelligence modifier is four, and my uh, proficiency bonus is three, so that's plus seven, so that's 19. Nice. So you
0: actually did pretty well. Uh, We'll say that you are able to uh, get together five of your uh, immune system boosters. Okay. And then what was the other one called? I'm sorry. Uh, Alertness. Alertness. Okay. So the alertness booster... Uh, you're able to get two of those. Okay. In addition to the five of the others, so.
1: Okay, cool. Alrighty. Uh, Okay, and then um, other things that Dirk uh, kind of went with in his downtime during the two months, um, one of them was uh, kind of studying a bit uh, to get those uh new cantrips and that uh featherfall spell from uh from the magic initiate feat. So mm-hmm. he he kinda he kinda went with Adam and did a little bit of studying in his downtime just to and Adam helped him, you know, find things that would be useful to him. Um and then along with that, uh he discovered a new thing with uh with Zed actually, where uh Zed has this this one kind of like a, a silver th- feather that he has kind of like in in his uh tail that uh, Dirk didn't really pay too much attention to before, but he realized that uh when this feather is plucked uh you know it grows back the next day and he can use it once per day to uh cast feather fall uh as kind of like a free thing without using his own nice. magical abilities um. And then, uh, also, uh, let's see, he spent a lot of time exploring the city and, um, really getting to know the ins and outs of the whole place. That way he can navigate, you know, with everyone and lead, uh, Bertram and Adam to where they need to go. So between his urchin background with the city secrets and the, uh, navigation Uh, feature that uh, you just recently got Mm -hmm. that should, you know, allow us to traverse the city quite quickly.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think you'll definitely be able to get exactly where you need to be as quickly as you can when you need to. So that'll be nice and beneficial. So, alrighty. Um, so that was Dirk. Uh, what about Adam? Uh, was there anything you decided to do uh, that we haven't mentioned so far in your downtime?
2: I think I mentioned it brief. Adam's been delving into alchemy big time oh, yeah. over the last yep. couple months. Okay. Uh, reasons that this is important is because, at, at least according to combined definitions from the PHP and Xanathar's Guide, there's some cool shit you can do with an with an alchemist's like kit, like their supplies. Yep. Um yeah. one of those being investigation. I can literally inspect an area for like clues. Uh, it would like this kit would grant me insight into chemicals or other substances that might have been used in that area. I think this is especially yeah. going to be important given that we have firearms uh, and capsules in this in this realm. So maybe For example, if we find a dead body, I might check his fingers or her fingers for like gunpowder residue or signs of other alchemical ingredients being used. So for example, like if someone, I don't know, threw Greek fire onto something, maybe I'd be able to use that to try to glean that information. So he's really been delving into the alchemical side of things. And honestly, he's been spending most of his time in whatever local library for this sector of the city would be. I don't know if there's maybe multiple or if there's just one big ass library for the whole city. But either way, nearest library, he's there almost every single day, just reading anything. Yeah. Uh, he actually originally learned Draconic so he could continue reading books at the library in, uh, in Vago. Vago, thank you, in Vego. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he learned Draconic, because he, he started running into books that were written in Draconic. He's like, I want to know, I want to know what's in these. Like, obviously, if it's in this library, it has some sort of benefit. So we learned Draconic, finished all the books in Vago, and now he's just been spending all of his fucking time doing the same thing in Agelfia, just gaining knowledge, trying to, yeah, seek knowledge anywhere he can, anywhere. Okay, cool.
0: Yeah, so uh, these are your new acquired, newly acquired skills. So um, you weren't able to... Uh, I'm going to give you one more point in memory Ooh. Uh, for your time instead of you getting, like, any potions like we did for Dirk. So just because you're you're spending this extra time kind of learning that information and stuff. Dope. Uh so Bertram. What have you been doing for fun lately?
3: Um he's been making a name for himself swapping stories okay. um in bars yeah. and things. Um everyone likes to tell Bertram. Uh likes to surprise Bertram with Information that he's never heard before. So he just showers on the praise and how amazing and smart you are, yada yada yada. So, um, he just, he kind of has, has been assimilating himself into the, uh, into Gelfia Uh, he has been practicing shooting with the pistol. and Uh, he does now have two pistols, one absconded from the silver sail, um, and both kind of holstered under yep, his so arm. Yeah,
0: I, so I was kind of feeling bad not giving you your dagger back, but now that I, I remember that you stole a pistol from them, I don't feel bad at all. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I mean... Yeah, what can I say? You lost a dagger got a pistol, so... <laughs>
0: it's pretty yeah.
3: good trade. I still have a sharp pointy middle rapier, yeah. so uh but but yeah, so he's been practicing his his shooting and gained proficiency there. Also, he's been making friends well he what he considers to be friends with the kind of automated and aut- automatomic uh Machinery, I mm-hmm. guess. People, maybe of the city. Um, as he has learned auto. Mm-hmm. Awesome, yeah. And, uh, so he's been. The stories are different, but they're still stories. They are. They are. Much more bland, but yeah. Very facts. <laughs> All right. So, so, but Bertram can pu- punches them up.
0: So, each of you also had an interesting interaction that happened. Uh, in your time, um, so we'll again. We're gonna go back to Dirk. So, Dirk, uh, one evening when you come back late at night uh, from a shift, you find a note uh, stuck to your door. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you look at this note, it just says on it, "This isn't over, Gandon." <laughs> Um, so take that as you will, but it's, it's definitely something that's been made aware to you. Okay. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Adam. Definitely be something that he would tell both Adam and Bertram.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Adam, shortly after you come into the city and actually begin unpacking your things, you find that furry friend of yours that you had initially taken on to the silver sale. Uh, turns out they were still with you. They were just hiding in your luggage.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. That's
0: Eating weird. through all of that food. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, totally perfect. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. Uh, so you still have your furry friend with you. Um, Bertram, you have a much more interesting interaction and one that is very surprising to you so as you mentioned your uh you know uh fake fighting that you do or you know almost Mm -hmm. showboaty in in its way of being um you do actually find a group of people here that do uh, participate in that and i think that you you would be more than willing to join in on this sort of uh, interaction because it just mm-hmm. kind of builds on the things that you were already trying to do. Um, right. Well, one night after a long day of this and you you would just want to match, so to speak, you see someone out of the corner of your eye. And it makes you kind of do a double take when you first see them because it's your father's face. Um, And you're inside kind of this uh, inn, almost, uh, where there's drinks served, and people are kind of watching the entertainment in the center of the room, um, the fights. And he kind of motions with his head towards the back door.
3: Uh, Bertram's just kind of, like, deer in the headlights, just kind of blink for a second. And just kind of shakily finishes drink and head in the nodded direction.
0: Yeah, and as you're kind of like like shaking your head off and finishing your drink, he's already started moving towards there. Um, you, you exit the inn and he's waiting outside the door for you. Uh, and would you like to describe what your dad looks like?
3: Uh, well, he he has black hair, much like uh, his son, but it's kind of grayed and uh, whitened at the temples. Um, he would have a yep. beard, and one thing that I
0: will add is that his clothes are much higher class than you would have expected.
3: Uh, in, in that case, he's almost unrecognizable except for his face <laughs> to Bertram. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, he would just, he, he's hes older by this time, maybe in his, I don't know, 50, 60. And, and so he, he is a like kind of weathered and somewhat wrinkled face, but, um, kind of broad-chested and stockier than Bertram. Okay. So, in this kind of like haze
0: of seeing him again, can you make a perception check, please?
3: Yeah. I very much want to see if I've just had too much to drink here. (laughs) Ten.
0: Ten. So, you see, uh, as he fixes his uh, sleeve, you could have sworn somewhere on his wrist something blue was on his skin. And he says to you, Well, son, how's it been since I've been gone?
3: Who who are you, actually? Because you're wearing the face of a dead man. No, I'm
0: not. You really think I'm dead, son? Have
3: I taught you nothing? Uh, well, you never taught me about dead bodies per se, but I'm... I told, taught you how to get out of things when you needed to.
0: That was the... One of the things you could do is die and move, if I'm not mistaken.
3: Uh, I. No, no, you, you. So I'm to believe instead my father didn't die, and, but instead left me.
0: Oh, you for... were grown.
3: You were grown. Yes, of course. And had inherited then all of your problems. Okay, let's say I, I do believe you—that you, you are my father. Um, why? Just why? What?
0: Why else would I come and see you?
3: I. I. I truly don't know.
0: Well, of course, it's because I need something from you. Uh-huh. I understand you work for the Sector Defense Force.
3: Um, I might. I know you do. So, given that, what... What brings you back from the dead, then, father? Work
0: I sit on the council here in Agelphia.
3: How would I have not found out about this? Why 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 live in Vago? On the edge of destitution? If you're one of the most powerful men in the city of Agelphia, my station here is fairly new. But does this does this sound to Bertram? Does this person sound like his father? Or, yeah. Are his mannerisms the same? Is his like pattern of speech all yep. line up with his memories? Yep, it is. Uh. And what, what, what exactly is your business, then? My business is that
0: my son is working for the Sector Defense Force. There's
3: so much better you could do with yourself. <laughs> Finally, I had a parent that was super influential and uh, ran an eighth of the city. You do. So,
0: he hands you a card. Come to me if you ever want to do better. And then he walks away.
3: (sighs) I... Bushm just kind of just stands there reading at this card reading this card and just is dumbfounded. Yeah, it it has an
0: address to the office of uh, the chairman of Eastern Gate.
3: I'm going to go drink a lot more. Okay,
0: that sounds fair. Um, In addition to your other exploits, I'd like to give you um, also, another context point as well. To your boon. Okay. So, yeah. This is... Uh, I think we're going to leave it here today, and we'll oh, pick no, back up hurts. after this time skip.
3: <clears throat> okay. Yep. How, how, about how far in the two months would you say that that... Uh, we'll say about midpoint is when that happened. After, okay. Yeah. And cool. I'm
0: guessing that Bertram is not as super interested to go check that out, so.
1: Is, is that roughly the time frame that all of these events happened?
0: Uh, yours happened very shortly after, and I mean, obviously Adam figured out that his mouse was still there as he unpacked, so.
1: Right. Okay.
0: Um, actually, you know what, Bur- uh, in Bertram's case... We'll say that this happened the night before we pick back up. Okay. So, because that'll be more current, and you can make decisions based off of that immediately if you want. So. Cool. Sounds great. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, let's call it here. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, we will be back soon, uh, and see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. See you. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Dice Heist. Our next episode will be released on Sunday, May 16th at noon. I want to thank my three players, co-hosts, and partners, Aaron Bronson and Nick, for their help bringing this dream together. This podcast has meant a lot to me. I pour a lot of my time and effort into creating these episodes, and seeing that people are listening really kind of gives me a sense of accomplishment, and I'm sure that the other guys feel the same way. But I want you all to know, as a listener, you are deeply appreciated. And there is no way I can ever possibly thank you all enough for just listening to us play this game. I want to give a special thanks to Nick for letting us use his song Something for Now for our intro and outro. And I'd like to thank BattleBards.com for their help improving our show with their immense library of music, I'd like to thank my wife, Erica, for her support and her wonderful work on our show notes. In addition, I'd also like to thank her for helping me with some of the flavor text in the upcoming episodes as she's been helping me a lot trying to figure out how to use the right words to give you guys a better picture of what's happening as it's something I think was lacking in the first arc. So from now on, she's going to be helping me try to create a better visual narrative for you, the listeners. Lastly, I'm going to mention that we are always looking for fun new gadgets that you guys have that you've cooked up in your brains or that you've seen throughout the internet or whatever. Anything is acceptable. Just send it to us on social media, either at Twitter or on Facebook. And who knows? Your suggestion might get added to the show. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter at Dice underscore Heist and on Facebook at Dice Heist Podcast. Feel free to reach out to us there or send us an email at diceheistpodcast at gmail.com. Lastly, I'd like to mention our giveaway that kind of flopped in the beginning, but that's okay. I think we jumped the gun on it, and that's all right. So what we're going to do is we're going to continue running this giveaway all the way through till sometime in June, possibly even into July, a little bit before... The cutoff date we will tell you within the episodes what the deadline is from there we will be drawing twice as many people from this list and giving away these items shown i have multiple variations of these items different colors and i would love to be able to give them out to you guys but what we need is for you guys to share and follow and like our social media posts so that we're able to get the word out to other people If you enjoy listening to the show, there's got to be someone you know who would too. And if there's someone you know who would like to listen to the show, why not share it with them? Send it out to your friends. What's the worst that's going to happen? No one clicks on it. We appreciate it because it shows that you're willing to do that little bit of effort to help us grow. And the more we grow, the more things we can do with this show. Thank you guys so much again for listening to Dice Heist. Again, it means the world to me. And we can't wait for it to share the next episode
2: of Dice Heist with you.